That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Trap games galore in the Premier League this weekend. As Tottenham go to Southampton, Manchester City welcome Watford, Liverpool host Burnley, Chelsea do the same with Wolves, and the big one, Arsenal and Manchester United Sunday afternoon will cap off a weekend of... uh, exciting trap games maybe some uh, more dangerous than others but we're going to get to all of them and a, a couple of the uh, outside the top six fixtures as well i'm alex here with javier and you off tonight javier welcome back yeah it's good to have uh, footy back again the champions league europa and everything so uh it's nice having you know games almost every day now <laughs> yeah we're recording on a wednesday night we've had four sets of champions league round of 16 knockout ties conclude tottenham Ajax, Manchester United, Porto all went through. Uh, We've still got plenty of other ties to sort out next week. We'll uh, talk more about that on our Champions League preview pod for the quarterfinal stage coming in a few weeks. But for now, we'll stick with the Premier League teams. Let's jump straight to the uh, Crystal Palace Brighton game that starts us off on Saturday morning at 7.30. This is a, I will reiterate it, a a derby of sorts. It's, I think it's the M25 derby or the M5 derby. It's the road that connects South London, Crystal Palace to Brighton, and supposedly there's a rivalry that's been building for the past 25 plus years or something. So it's uh, it's been placed here in the first slot of the weekend. Uh, Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. I've got a 2-1 win for Crystal Palace, who uh, are surging right now, um, especially that front line. And uh, Javier, you've got a 2-0 win uh, for Palace. No, no hope for Brighton. Their away record is yeah, terrible. They're terrible away, and like you said, there's, there's, there's a Palace fourth front line. worst away record. I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't see it a couple weeks ago, but you definitely called that. That's uh, they, they definitely look a big, big threat now. Mishi will do that to you if uh, if all you need is goals. Mishi will help. You saw that from Dortmund last year. Next up, first of the 10 a.m. games: Cardiff City hosting West Ham. Cardiff right back in the middle of a relegation battle. They jumped out for a second uh, when they beat, uh, I think, Southampton at home. A few weeks ago, but have since fallen off the face of a cliff, conceding three or five goals in a lot of their home games. Uh, they welcome a West Ham team that has enough offensive firepower to do the same to them. Uh, Andrew's got a 2-1 win for West Ham. I've got a 3-1 win for West Ham. And Javier, you've got a 1-1 draw. Can I change your mind with one bit of information that I forgot earlier? Saul Bamba told his, tore his ACL he's out for the season. Yep, uh, that would definitely change my decision. I'm going to change it to a 2-1 win for West Ham. Yes, join me, Javier. That's uh, See, Javier, I'm a true friend. I'm behind in the standings right now. I could have withheld that information, gotten you to pick a bad result. But, you know, I'm a real friend. I am uh, I won't keep secrets like that from you. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a huge loss for Cardiff City. Like, wouldn't you say he's by far their best defender? Like no, like no questions. Who's asked. their best player? Because I think he's their leader. I mean, on I can't, I can't, too. I can't think of one. I can't think of one that uh, maybe Etheridge in goal. But uh, yeah, no, I would probably agree with the Bombas uh, tops in terms of uh, outfield talent. Uh, let's move on to another bottom of the table uh, involved clash: Huddersfield hosting Bournemouth Saturday at ten a.m. Andrew has chosen this as his nil-nil of the week. 
I've got 2-1 Bournemouth, and Javier, you've got 1-0 Bournemouth. A bit of a bounce back after a, a rough last couple of weeks for a injured Bournemouth. Leicester City will host Fulham Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Leicester. I've got a 3-1 win for Leicester. And Javier, you've got 2-1. Rodgers hasn't, hasn't had the best start, but yeah, I think I think this might be a close game, especially because Fulham did play Chelsea such pretty a close in the last game. Um, True. I would say that they... They're going up to Leicester, though. Yeah, and I think that they're go- they'll play Leicester close again, um, like just like they did Chelsea, but I think ultimately they'll just come up short a little bit again. And under Scott Parker, I don't see them being able to stay up. So You don't see Scott Parker being the next uh, Darren Moore, you remember, for uh, West Brom I mean, last knows, year? But I just I don't really see it. Okay. Uh, well, Andrew and I agree with you. Uh, let's move on to Newcastle hosting Everton, also at 10 a.m. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. I've got 2-1 Newcastle. And Javier, you've got 2-2. Not much to add there. Newcastle enjoying some pretty good home form right now. And Everton, I've never been super convincing away from home, uh, to me at least. So uh, a 2-2 draw for them uh, up at Newcastle in that environment would be pretty impressive. I feel impressive. like it could also uh, so be jump- a nil-nil draw. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just these teams just, just don't bring their shooting boots on a certain day and just everyone misses their chances. Ron Don certainly has that in him, um, and so does Richarlison. So, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't be too surprising. Are you going to flip to that? It's a pretty drastic change from 2-2 to nil-nil. You pretty much just said it's going to be a high-scoring affair that I can't decide who wins to it's going to yeah, be yeah, low-scoring as shit. I definitely <laughs> realized that that game's not going to have nearly as many goals as uh, as I thought. I was like, who's going to even score four goals? Like They they just don't have that in them. Yeah, maybe uh, Miguel Almiron finally gets on the score sheet. He's been, he, he's been pretty impressive. I've, I, I, I've liked it. I've liked what I've seen so far. Let's move on to the five games this weekend we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about. The top six are involved in the final five games of the weekend chronologically, at least on our list. Uh, Southampton will host Tottenham Saturday at 10 a.m. Tottenham coming off an impressive win against Dortmund. Can we say impressive, the 1-0 away? Kind of just sort of keeping it close, getting their goal early in the second half and just sort of wrapping the game up and not really allowing Dortmund to even sniff a chance of getting back into the tie. Definitely a very impressive That was impressive to me. Right, especially 4-0 on aggregate is is pretty brutal. And also, that's an intimidating environment to go to. Dortmund? Yeah. Dortmund are falling apart to a degree right now. So uh, in the context of other games around this time, maybe they are a bit of a wounded animal that Tottenham just took advantage of. But I think that game takes a lot out of them. I think... Deli Alley returning. Uh, there's rumors that he may be back for this one. Uh, we've seen Harry Kane, even when he scored against Burnley, he didn't look himself for those first couple of games. Even the Arsenal game, you could say he's still kind of working his way back into fitness. I, th- I think the same could be true of Deli Alley when he comes back. It's not it's just, just going to all click for the uh, injured players when they return right away. Uh, so I have a 2-2 draw. Southampton, of course, two points above the relegation zone. They're at home. They need points. They've beaten Arsenal already at home. Uh, they're certainly capable. And uh, Andrew's got a 3-1 win for Tottenham, disagreeing with me. And Javier, what do you have? I think it's going to be a close one. I, I kind of agree with your line of thinking. Um, it just makes me, th- like, just having all their players back, Son, Eriksson, Kane, it, it just makes, it. it I think they're going to they're gonna have enough to win this. And they've so far been able to pick up business pick up results against these these lower table teams they haven't really dropped any points so i don't see it happening here and uh yeah i see them just getting a narrow win here 
2-1. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly ready for 10 minutes into this game when Tottenham are up like 2-0 and cruising. I'm just going to be like, oh, this was stupid. <laughs> Why did I do this? Uh, so that one could definitely come back to bite me, but I'm going to stick by it for now. Uh, next up on Saturday, 12.30 p.m., the last game of the day, Manchester City host Watford at the Etihad. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw, hoping for Manchester City to uh, slip up like uh, Liverpool do so often. <laughs> um, I've got a 3-0 win for City. I don't think they've had too many problems with Watford over the last couple of years. And I think I think looking at form against specific teams, when taken in context, is very helpful. And, you know, if you're looking at like a team two seasons ago that you played against when they were playing under a manager of a completely different style, it's hard to take that result and sort of transfer it to how you think this one's going to play out but if, if there's been a few results or a few games between uh two teams that have stayed in the same sort of stylistic patterns and have the same coaches and players involved it's usually going to go the same way most of the time and, and uh the, the six nil at, at watford comes to mind where aguero scored a hat trick last year i think it could be a bloodbath i'm just going to go conservative because city haven't really been banging in the goals recently and i'm going to say three nil how about you javier yeah i mean i've been predicting three or four goal score lines for City in the past few weeks and they've been disappointing me but um, yeah. I think Watford at home is is perfect for them to get back on that track so I have 3-1 Manchester City I think that uh, Raheem Sterling will probably get on the score sheet this game he's been kind of quiet since the Chelsea game and he's really dangerous against Bournemouth he had a couple of chances, he couple of chances that he really should have taken he, he didn't get he didn't really get on the score sheet um, same thing with Leroy Sané I think both of them. This is a big game for both. Both both need to get, you know, going against Watford, who I've criticized for their wing backs being, you know, the weakness to attacking yeah. that that's in that team. That you know they love attacking, but you know they don't really defend and they always leave holes exposed at the back when you know they're pushing forward with their fullbacks, who you know do get goals and assists, but. I think that that's once that's exploited, that's when they get these big losses, and I think City's going to be the perfect team to do that. I mean, there's there's pretty clearly the Watford that's playing against most of the Premier League, and then there's the Watford that sets up against most of the top six. I would say probably like in home games, they usually set up a bit more like outgoing and go a bit more attacking because they are at home and they do expect to at least draw the game. But on the road, you've seen Watford like in some games. Just uh, Javi Gracia has been a defensive coach since his days in Spain. That's like how he made his name as a successful manager and got this job. His best performances or that team's best performances have been defensive ones. Like the Tottenham win at home earlier this season, super defensive, couple of set pieces. They win 2-0 or 2-1. Tottenham don't take their chances. Like Javi Gracia has a different way of approaching like these type of games. I feel like I mean it didn't help them against Liverpool. I I, I will take that. <laughs> they still conceded five against Liverpool because their set piece defending was just absolutely atrocious. But City don't present those same kind of uh, dangers. They present very different dangers that uh, I think will result in three. I think three is a good number. Uh, not quite the five Liverpool put past them, but three will do. All right, do you want to move on to the Sunday games? Uh, Liverpool and Burnley Sunday at eight a.m. How much do you want to bet Andrew will not wake up for this? We don't have him here to defend himself, but I'm just going to go ahead and say he's no, not waking Andrew, up for this. Andrew's going to wake up for this. It's 8 a.m. and it's Sunday. Not, I don't think he – he'll be recovering Saturday. 
We all have Liverpool clean sheets here. Burnley have been resurgent uh, of late. They are coming off a pretty bad loss at home to Crystal Palace last week, 3 or 4-1, I can't quite remember. Their waveform doesn't quite come to mind, uh, but at the same time, this is the most difficult away fixture most Premier League teams will face in their schedule. So uh, regardless of their away form overall, this is always going to be a huge ask of Burnley. They've gotten some positive results, like a draw or something here and there in the last couple of years, but... Liverpool are a team much improved uh, since uh, any of those encounters. So we all have clean sheets. Andrew's got a 2-0 win. I've got a 3-0 win. And Javier, what do you have? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what you guys have. Um, I think Burnley traditionally have played Liverpool pretty pretty well at home. I mean, away from home. And they've kind of a little bit been Liverpool's bogey team in the past. Um so I know that they got they would beat them earlier this season at Torfmore, but I think Burnley were a lot worse earlier this season, and they seem they've been on you know they did lose to Crystal Palace last week, but they have you know gotten back to defensive ways, and I think they'll keep this game close and will frustrate Liverpool, you know, and, and it might be a a case of Liverpool needing a goal in the second half to get the win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout like what you guys have. But yeah, I've got one nil. The main problem I have, the main problem I have with any game plan involving Burnley getting a result at Liverpool, unless it's a nil nil, which I find very unlikely. Like Liverpool will most likely score. For Burnley to really create consistent chances, they have to really flood bodies into the into Liverpool's box. Because, I mean, Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood are playing well right now. And they brought in Peter Crouch to be an aerial threat too. But we've just seen Van Dijk's just been cleaning up on everything. It's not its not even a joke to say that Van Dijk literally clears about 95% of the balls into his own box. Like, unless they're going to the far post away from where he is. If he's, if he's clearing it or if it's getting knocked down by him, you need multiple players, uh, multiple of your own players in the box to take advantage of those knockdowns and those second chances. And for Burnley to do that, there's just too big of a risk. And I don't see Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood really threatening Liverpool like consistently over 90 minutes. So, I mean, that's why I have as big of a scoreline as I do. Like, Burnley just gets penned into their own area or their own half, I think. Would you go as far as to say you think Burnley could maybe even get a draw out of this? Yeah, I definitely think it's possible. Um, I think Liverpool have also been, you know, a little bit deflated lately not been like a hundred percent maybe just Salah hasn't been the Bayern Munich you know banging in the goals and you know Firmino they've been having injuries here and there so I, I don't know I mean I think it's the Premier League anything's possible and I think Burnley are one of those teams that can randomly get a result against a top six side that you would you're not that surprised when Burnley get a draw or even a win against the top six side so you don't want to pick it Come on. Nah, nah. Do it. I'm still going to go with the Liverpool Andrew has it. Andrew has a, a dumb it, one we're about to get to. I'm not going to go for it this time. <laughs> okay. I mean, Andrew has his 1-1 Man City Watford. I have my 2-2 Southampton Tottenham. You don't want your irrational irrational pick of the week, no? You're still trying to play smart? All right. That's fine. I have it I'll later. I'll come later in the pod. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I see now. Uh, well, before we get to uh, the big Arsenal-Man United game... Chelsea will host Wolves right after Liverpool play Burnley Sunday at uh, 10.05 a.m. What a specific time to have a game start. Not 10 o'clock, 10.05. No earlier, no later. 
Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. I don't fault him for that. Chelsea have struggled against uh, defensive low block sides uh, this this season. That's pretty uh, proven at this point. Uh, I'm going to say a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Uh, I'm hoping Higuain helps us uh, sort of unlock one of these teams for the first time. We've really had to face a decent one. Javier, what do you have in this Chelsea Wolves game? Uh, I think Chelsea win. I think like both you and Andrew have, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think stylistically, though, you guys match up well against Wolves. Um, I think just a team that, you know, has a lot of possession uh, in the middle of the park and recycles it back and forth between the wingbacks. You know, that's kind of what Wolves' game plan is. I just think Chelsea do it probably better. They, the systems are a little bit Wolves different. Wolves are looking to sit off and counter, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But I think, like, Chelsea are very familiar with that system. They played it under Conte and... I think if there's one team that, if given you know multiple chances at beating that system, you guys can definitely do it. So that's why I have you guys go narrowly you know beating Wolves because I think most of your players know the weaknesses of that system and how to exploit it. And even though Wolves are excellent at it, I think that you guys will be able to use your new system uh, to 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 its like you know to its best at this. You might even win like two nil. Um, I, I was tempted to say that, but but as I'm going to go, go with one nil. I'm going to go one nil Chelsea. <laughs> All right. Well, as much as I enjoy a two nil, I, I suspect we're not keeping a clean sheet in this one. I, I I just I keep thinking back to the Wolves away win at Tottenham, where Tottenham controlled the game for much of much of the time, most of the first half and early in the second half. We're up one nil, and all of a sudden, in like a fifteen to twenty minute span. Wolves just managed to perfectly time their counterattacks, perfectly pull uh, Tottenham into throwing too many bodies forward and being able to counterattack through Doherty and Jimenez and Jota. Chelsea are a team that's uh, one of the biggest things that's uh, been consistent in this team has been the 15 to 20 minute period where the whole team just sort of drops off in terms of their intensity and their focus. And we concede chances. You, you saw it for a longer span against Fulham recently, and you see it in plenty of other games recently and earlier in the season. I worry that in that like fifteen to twenty minute span of the fullbacks maybe pushing a little too high and not and not respecting uh, the counterattacking threat of the uh, of their opposite fullbacks. Of because those are two good wingbacks in Doherty and I'm guessing Johnny will start on the left. Him or Vinagre are good players. Uh, it's. It, <laughs> Yeah, it could be decided in those 15 minutes. If Chelsea can hold on, if they're up 1-0 and pushing for the second, and Wolves come back and score two in 15 minutes, then I could see us falling apart again and losing the game. It's 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 perfectly poised for them to pull something like that off. We just have to just try to limit that as much as possible. We need good games from David Luiz and Rudiger and, uh, and Kepa, of course. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm confident. I, I feel like we're we're gonna win it two one. Uh, we'll, there'll be there'll be a scare for sure. Wolves are too good to be kept out. I think so. Uh, uh, let's move on to the final game of the weekend, the one everyone's looking forward to: Arsenal hosting Manchester United at the Emirates Sunday at 12:30 p.m. Uh, right off the bat, Andrew's got a two-two draw, and I've got a one-one draw. We're uh, it's, there's some things going in favor of Arsenal on this one. There's some things going in favor of United at this one in terms of factors you consider. Uh, the big one that we were talking about right before this that swayed my decision. I, was, I had an Arsenal win originally. 
and I completely forgot about Lucas Torreira's red card at the end of that Tottenham game. That keep, will keep him out for three games now. Uh, obviously, this will be the first one. It's a huge miss. Like I know you guys really like Wenduzi. I know Xhaka is much improved compared to the, the Wenger years. But Torreira is head and shoulders a better player than those two. And you know United aren't trotting out a world-class midfield right now other than Paul Pogba. But there's still Paul Pogba to contend with. And Torreira would have been a really good uh, weapon to sort of negate him, if you will. How can you still pick Arsenal to win with without basically your second best player? Is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. I think that's why this is my quote-unquote delusion pick. Um, I have Arsenal <laughs> winning 2-1. But I, I told you before the pod, like my gut's telling me we're probably not going to win this game. Um, not because... Probably just because we're not going to have Torreira. Also because United have just been on you know on another level with Solskjaer. They have phenomenal momentum. They've only lost one game, and that game that they lost now ended up didn't you know not mattering because they won three one in Paris. Which, I mean, that's a phenomenal result. We saw that coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I could see it coming while it was happening, but it was it was. No, but beforehand, like all of us leading up to that, once they went down 2-0 on the first leg and couldn't even get one goal back, you, you thought that was dead. But that, it's, an, it's an encouraging performance for Manchester United. I worry about like the high of it a bit. Well, well, Wednesday night, coming right back uh, to a huge game in the Premier League, a six-pointer for top four, basically. Can they get up again for it? That's that's the that's the factor. Yeah, I mean, they might get caught United, off guard. Kind of the thing is, is, we'll have a fully rested Lacazette. Um, he's not going to play right. in Europa, and there's a bunch of players Dude, that I think Ozil and a bunch of other players are going to start on Thursday that aren't going to. You know, we're going to have a, a mostly rested squad. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not like not super confident. Um, if they hadn't gone through against PSG, I'd be more confident in this, but. Yeah, I just I think that we've been so good at home. Our our record at home against the top yeah. six has been excellent. Uh, we've only dropped points against City, so yeah, I don't. Well, I, Liverpool, you dropped. Oh, points and against, against Liverpool, Liverpool. you're we right. Draw. We drew. We drew Liverpool, but you know we've. I, I I think that United in the past we've struggled with, especially at Old Trafford, but usually at the Emirates we give them a good game, and they did beat us there in the FA Cup um, about a month ago with. Pretty close to full lineups, um, but I don't know how much to take it out of that. You know, it was the FA Cup, and you know we were missing a few key players in that game. So, uh, were you? Were there that many key players missing in that game? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Is my point. Um, United had like a couple, but at, at the same time, their key missing players. They still had Alexis Sanchez starting. They still had Lingard starting. Uh, and they still had Lukaku starting, and they played Lingard central, and they put Lukaku on the right wing, and Luka, uh, Lukaku ate Kolasinac for breakfast. Whoever it was was playing at left back. I can't remember, but they do something similar here. Maybe I think we've come a long way defensively in the Champions last League. month or so. I think we're not nearly as bad defensively. Become that long of a way? Yeah. Arrested Pogba, having not played in Champions League in midweek. Right. <sighs> I mean, I'm not excited. For me, I'm really for not excited. I mean, I really Arsenal really need to win this game. Because we didn't get the win against Tottenham, this game pretty much becomes a must-win. Because if we lose this, United jump us. If Chelsea get the result, I mean, if you draw this, yeah, I draw. You can't even draw this. Yeah, you, you have can't to even draw, draw it. it. You're right, you we gotta win. Have to we win. Have to win. Have to win. 
It's the only acceptable result this year. So, I mean, I told you before going into this two-game run of Tottenham away and United at home, I mean, I was trolling kind of, but it was certainly possible that like an okay scenario in terms of like results, but it wouldn't really benefit you, benefit you in terms of the pace that's being set for top four is going draw-draw in these two games. That's underachieving right now, especially for like the improvement Arsenal have shown the last, uh, uh, I would say, you got to win your top two six or three home games and draw your away games. So if we do that in this run, then it's okay, you know, because yeah. I, I thought it was possible that we were going to. This lose is your last one, first. isn't it? This is your last, this is the top, last six top six game. So we got to finish strong here. Okay. I think if we win this, we've got a good chance of making top six. Because well, yeah, point, I would certainly we say so. Many with no top six yet. games left, we'll have Everton away, Burnley away, and Watford away. Do you mean top four? A top four, <laughs> top four. Sorry, <laughs> I think we'll have a good chance of making top Obviously six. Top like, six. Well, I mean, Wolves aren't <laughs> right. that good. My, my standards have <laughs> just gone down massively. <laughs> wow, I hope we get top six so we can have European football. <laughs> it is a little scary that like Lukaku, Rashford. Like seemingly their whole front line is on form. I don't think Martial is going to be um, fit, but I, there's rumors that he might be ready for this one. Like he could have played against PSG, but they didn't want to risk him like reaggravating it, and they wanted to save him for the uh, for the Arsenal game. But then again, I said that about uh, <laughs> said that about the Liverpool game, and Andrew got very upset with me. He was like, "Oh, come on, man! Don't put that evil on me. I don't want Mar- Martial coming back." <laughs> He didn't, so he was okay. Um, yeah, Martial played very well against you guys in the FA Cup game. I think when he came on, uh, yeah, that's why I'm. I'm uh... the, the worry is United just counterattacking you, and you guys at home, you like to be you like to be the aggressor. You like you like to press high and try and like harass that the opposing teams into mistakes, so you can create chances high Look, up the Socrates field. Socrates has been a monster the last two or three weeks. He's he's, he's United, awesome. here's the thing: United United aren't like us in Tottenham. Well, Tottenham actually, okay. United aren't like us. How about how about that? United aren't afraid to just like hoof the ball down the field and let Lukaku go bully like Socrates or someone, uh, or go bully Koscielny. Like he's going to do it to any center back in the league, other than Van Dyke, probably. He's just going to bully them. He's bigger than all of them. He's faster. So I mean, if he starts, you think he can make it eight goals in four games? <laughs> Dude, that's a scary run he's on right now. Two goals yeah, in each of his last about three games. I've been, I've been definitely considering him. Maybe after this Arsenal no. game. That's another one where like Ole could just drop him after playing ninety minutes in the last three games, like without a break. I, I would fear that at least. But all right, well let's wrap it up there. Uh, once again, for that United Arsenal game, Andrew's got a two-two draw. I've got a one-one draw, um, and Javier has got a two-one Arsenal win minus Lucas Torreira. We'll see how that goes. Uh, best of luck to all of our teams this weekend. Sorry, Quint Doozy is going to boss the midfield. Us. He's going to keep Paul Pogba quiet. Yeah, he might. It's Quinduzi versus McTominay for the best young defensive midfielder in the league. Uh, uh, Quinduzi wins that hands down. <laughs> now they have, the, they have their own Quinduzi. A great Chong. performance against PSG. Chong, Chong God. He's their new Quinduzi. Chong. All right, let, let's wrap this up. Uh, go follow us on social media at asmos92 at javierrev9 on uh, Twitter and Instagram for me and Instagram for Javier. Uh, go follow Andrew on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Passaro. Uh, follow obviously the podcast accounts at Ghost Gold Pod. 
please, for the love of God, rate, review, obviously subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help build our exposure and help new listeners find the pod. It's, uh, it's, it's something we're really trying to work on. We're trying to get get ourselves out to new listeners, and uh, you guys can help us do that. The guys that guys and gals that listen to the pod every week. It's in your hands. I plead. All right, Javier. Thanks again, and uh, until next time. Thanks.